Are you ready? Cooking fans. <laughs> like no. like sports fans? No. No, I didn't like that. No. Oh, well, it's stuck. It's sticking now. Uh, hi, everyone who's still here. Thanks for coming on the ride. We're on episode 16 already, which, holy shit, we've been doing this for 16 times. For 16 times. That does not mean 16 consecutive half weeks. just means we managed to sit down and... Record this 16 times. Yeah, but... Not half weeks. Bi-weeks? Two weeks? Every two? Bi-weekly. Bi-weekly. Which should mean every... Twice a week? Bi-weekly should mean twice a week because bi-anything else, like bisect, means you cut it into two parts. Yeah, but I'm also cutting the month into two separate parts. Yeah, but it's a week. So if it's bi-weekly, you're cutting the week into two parts. So it's horseshit that English is like that. Dear... (laughs) flammable and inflammable mean the same thing okay we're not even gonna get into Uh, inflammable that makes no sense it makes Uh no sense but they mean exactly the same thing means things that are able to catch on fire inflammable should mean it can't catch on Uh fire it should but it doesn't why because english is not a language oh my gosh three languages stacked on top of each other wearing a trench coat pretending to be one language yeah it's a broken language made by broken people Mm. and i say that knowing that (laughs) it's the only language i know how to speak i don't even spec it very well oh yeah i mean yeah it's stupid the grammar's bad and it's you're going to sit right there and tell me that I ain't speaking no English very good? I'm really, like, I am really glad that I've been blessed with the white privilege of being, like, born into an English-speaking country so mm-hmm. I don't have to learn this shit. Yeah, in high school when I was learning Spanish, I and they were like, you know, English is harder to learn. And oh, then, my God, yes. Yeah. Spanish then, has, like, rules that they follow. It's weird. Uh-huh. Latin Latin languages are so basic compared to like there's rules and they usually observe them, and we just are like no be- no <laughs> there 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 they they like yeah two 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 you know those bullshit words that you're only gonna know the difference in context yeah I I feel really bad for anyone who has to learn English. It feels like a language that was exclusively designed to be spoken. And then some prick was like, we gotta write this shit down. <laughs> no, it was written, like, I, first, I know. you know? Cause, well, yeah. yeah, no, it wasn't written first, it was spoken first, and it became a hodgepodge amalgamation of most of Europe. No, I guess, yeah, I guess that's true. Because it was, you know, it was it's just the Scandinavians, of... it was the Germans, it was the Celts, it was the oh, yeah, yeah. Romans, like, it was like the how French. Like how ye, ye is actually the, because Y used to be T-H. Well. Because of Nordic runes. No, they used to have, um, the English language used to have a letter that specifically represented the th sound, like in the, the th sound. It came from Norse. I believe so, but so in the written language, they used to have a letter that specifically represented that sound. And it looks like a modern day Y. It's the close, so when type, when movable typeface, the printing press, 
became a thing, they were like, we can't include every weird-ass fucking symbol. Right. And so they just <laughs> we gotta, chose we the Y. We gotta pare down this horse shit, okay, yeah. guys? Like, we can't fit all that on this little, little keyboard. Like, you gotta, you gotta figure it out. We're not mm-hmm. just, uh... What was it before? Before that, it was like, you can only make, like, copies by, like, carving a copy in metal kind of thing and then like printing like putting ink on it and then oh uh, yeah like a printing plate yeah yeah but that only worked for certain things like you couldn't do that to paper very effectively so when oh like signs and things yeah you could do it like you could do it to like linen Mm. effectively you could do it to paper as far as i know you could do it to paper yeah but also it didn't allow for things like newspaper because well yeah it's not like changeable it's not easily changeable yeah but we did i the only reason i even know about that is because we had an art project in elementary because i went to like a very privileged elementary school apparently like it's just a public school but uh, oh, I, so I many swear, our art program was, like, the best one ever because I know about all this crap and I got to do, like, I learned how to sew and, like... you never sewn anything? Well, yeah, because I forgot, you know. Well, come on, you don't remember your elementary school sewing? <laughs> yeah, I learned how to do, like, needlepoint and, like, sewing and all this shit that I, you know, never use because... Why I, would you? Because I got to third grade and they were, like, math and I was like... That sucks. You know, like, literally, (laughs) third grade was the point at which I started not liking school because it became work and no longer fun. Well, let me tell you about a little ditty called No Child Left Behind. Yeah, it's like they got... Which started in the fourth grade for you. Yeah, and that just made it even worse. Yeah, you, you being in the nerd classes, they really just pounded on that math. Starting third, and then No Child Left Behind just made it worse. Well, that's where you started no, getting your uh, yes, your times tables, speed testing. So and... there's that. See, but that bullshit is like that's regular ed, like gate. gate so our our even if you weren't in gate in the like advanced placement program in our elementary school, there was still like a lot of art opportunities depending on your teacher because it was back when teachers could decide what they fucking taught, what a concept. Um, you know, before No Child Left Behind and things like that. So, anyway, but... Standardized tests. I was in a gifted and talented education program, GATE, and, um, like, it did me so many favors in life because the people that I went to class with were as, like, messed up as me. You know, like, they all had kind of, like, Asperger's-y shit and, like, speech impediments, so I wasn't the only weird one. But I still ended up being a social outcast somehow. But either way, it didn't... Hey, even the, even the outcast got to have an outcast. <laughs> and it was me. So either way, <laughs> it did me a lot of favors being in the that program because there was less of an emphasis on, like, just kind of rote memorization type things and more emphasis on, like, themes and ideas and things like that. So, I mean, I, I got the most out of that system for sure but back to my point about printing i learned how to do that like printing plate printing technique because we actually got to like make a printing plate not like a metal one kind of thing but i don't know i can't even remember now how we did it but it was like we basically made a stamp like we created a stamp kind of thing and then we were able to 
print it onto paper with ink. Yeah, it's like an impression. Yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> yeah, so... It was really cool, and how many people got to do that in elementary school? I don't... Not that many, right? Anymore. Like, maybe they used to, but... Yeah, they used to be a lot more project-based. Uh, Montessori schools still do a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, but then but you those have are to, private like... Schools. Then you have to learn about the Bible. Uh... Right? Aren't those religious? I think they tend to be, because uh, the... It's it's churches more likely to pay for private schools? Well, the church doesn't... It's the people that are in the church, right? Like, it's the parents and the people... Yeah, but usually the... Usually know. it's started by... By a church that wants to indoctrinate the youth. Oh, well. Um... Well, so, yeah, I mean, I've, I don't really have that much against private schools other than the fact that, like, you can't, in a lot of them, not all of them, you you can't avoid, like, theological classes, which I would never stop a child that I had, which I don't have any, <laughs> just a disclaimer, so I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but... <laughs> you know, if I had a child that wanted to learn theology, I would not stop them from doing that. I just, like, the in the same way that religious, Christian, Western religious people get upset that public schools teach evolution as a fact, I would be upset that my kid was getting taught theology as a fact. Oh. So, I mean, according to, I just looked it up, because Google... Um, according to the Montessori's, like, the idea, because mm -hmm. it's more of a foundation now, mm -hmm. uh, and no, so no, no, it is not inherently religious, mm. but they will encourage the study of human spirituality. Mm. So. Can you study other religions? Yes, human spirituality. That's cool. That's which, fine. I which get is it. just a broad category for I, all religions. I would encourage that too. Yes. Because that teaches you so much about like, um, you know, it's like like a government class or politics or history class teaches you a lot about hum, humans, just people and how they think and philosophy and like all of those things are like right next to religion and spirituality and they they go together like you can't separate history from religions and yeah. you know if you can under if you can understand at least a base level of a religion you can understand better understand the choices right people in those societies make when governing themselves you can like better understand the motivations of like the populace mm -hmm. And you can understand, like, the direction of the power at the time. Because yeah. cynically, I think that religion is a power tool. Even if you believe religion is true, or a certain religion one is true, I feel like you, at some point you have to admit that it's used as a tool Well, to, it, to get power over it people. It inherently is not meant to be a tool, but people corrupt the message and use it as a tool. Yeah, it often is used as a tool. Inherent, at its core, almost all religions, especially old religions, uh, I would argue, don't have a 
controlling um, nature to them originally. It's just people use them to control. Well, um, take a look at Deuteronomy and get back to me on that one. But <laughs> like, eh. it depends. Depends on what time period, right? So if you're looking at like. Uh, if you're looking at super early time, or if you're looking at a period where there's a bunch of war and, like, famine and stuff, there's gonna be a ton of oppressive religion because, like, in laws. Because people need, because rulers need to, to control chaos and control people. And, um, like, so, religion is a really good way to do that because people aren't, especially in, you know, the Middle Ages, Dark Ages, like, people aren't educated as a whole, so they don't really have anything else to turn to other than well, their... yeah, but that's the people in charge using the tool that was already given to them. That's not... Well, they also wrote the tool. Well, so... Or con- composed the tool, so you know? So, in when they codified the Bible in the 300, they could have chosen to leave Deuteronomy out, but... They chose to keep that in to use it as justification for some of their law and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So, I, so that was, that, the, so Deuteronomy, just like, um, who Deuteronomy was... is a passage in the Old Testament, it's a book in the Old Testament that just is a list of laws. So my point was saying that was. Lilith. They could have chosen to keep that out like they kept Lilith out. They could have, I'm just saying that the religion, the oldest version of the Christian religion, which is the Old Testament, has a bunch of stuff in it that straight up just tells you how to live. Like, that's what it was. And that's what they need, because that's what they needed at the time. Like, because there was a lot of war and famine and shit. Bad stuff. Plague, you know? (laughs) Yeah. If you live in a... You know, you can see it, right? You can see it throughout history. There's, like... There's renaissance, and then there's there's war, and then there's enlightenment, and then there's war. And, you know, in between, you've got the renaissance with all this, like, humanistic art starts to pop up that's not related to religion. Because people have time and energy to, like, think about stuff that's not just life and death survival when all you have is that like religion is something you have to cling to because you don't have anything else you don't have back then you didn't have anything else to look at you didn't have a textbook about science you know well you couldn't have read the textbook about science that existed yeah you couldn't have read it you didn't have somebody who even preached that that was an authority figure you know um Anyway, that I got so derailed on you my really my art project, and I'm sorry, Montessori, to assume your religious gender. Good, good on you for trying to do good stuff. Montessori is the name of an Italian person who started the program. The la- their last yeah. Name. So I was assuming Montessori was like a yeah, Catholic church or no, something. Which um, there's nothing, nothing wrong with Catholics. Catholics are fine. Many of my friends are Catholics. Would you like me to pick up somewhere in there and kill the dead air? (laughs) Yeah. No, religious people are fine. And my parents are super religious. And I used to be religious. So I totally get it. You're really going down the I got a black friend uh, rabbit hole right here. So (laughs) the uh, best option. I have a black friend, by the way. So I could just complete that rabbit hole. Um, I guess he's Ashley's friend too, but joking. 
He's not. He's black and Mexican, so we get out of a lot of shit. Oh my god. We'll just throw in that he's dating an Asian girl and we'll complete the trifecta. Who is working at a religious private school. There you go. There you go. <laughs> wow. You just... Wow. We just rabbit holed real hard. Well, anyway, we're... We're so here to we talk do, about cooking. I was going to say, we do a podcast, podcast about food in case this is the first time you've uh, <laughs> tapped into this. Normally uh, we talk about like stupid things in our life, like our bathrooms being renovated and it's loud and it sucks. Mm-hmm. But today, Ashley went art, art to religion, to black friends. I don't know. Well, to, to be fair, a lot of our no. opening segments have to do with political things because I'm just very politically minded person but that's I reject your reality and substitute my own that's not what this is about but that's kind of that's a side interest i have like if you know maybe one day the show will be so popular that you'll want to hear my opinions about shit like wouldn't that be crazy i barely want to hear your opinion i know i'm kidding i love you i know uh speaking about speaking about Things what? that are happening. Our house is getting renovated. And I already it's said that. A whole thing. It's a whole thing. Our cats hate it. Yeah. But they get their own bed now. Because we set up a air mattress in the one room they could safely be in. Yes. We have a room with a door. Like, all we wanted when we moved out of our last apartment was a room with a door. Multiple rooms with doors. Other than the bath. Literally, our old apartment was open... Like all it, open. It, yeah. it was an all open loft, so the living room and kitchen were just open to each other, and then upstairs was a loft, so there was a bed, but there was no door to the bedroom or anything, and there was no there was the only door was the door to the the shower and the toilet. That was the, the one only door privacy you could get in, in the house. Whole place. <laughs> yeah, and if you've lived with somebody for long enough, you know, like that's not enough privacy. Mm-hmm. Cause you just sometimes love you to death, but I need to be able to shut my door. And... Sometimes you just get fucking tired of them, you know. Yeah, they're there well, all the and, time. <laughs> well, especially because the only place for entertainment was also downstairs. Right. So, so you can't. It's loud. You can't escape it, no matter what you do. Yeah, there's nowhere to be quiet either. Like shut yourself behind a door and play video games or something. No, t- video games were in the living room, and the only computer, which wasn't a laptop, was also basically in the living room. So we were just on top of each other the entire time. Yeah, it was a really good space for several years, um, but we just, like, super outgrew it. And one of our main yeah. things was, like, we just, I just want another, like, room. With a door. Yes. So we got, so we have a bedroom, master bedroom with a door. That doesn't shut properly. Yeah, well, you know, it's... Beggars can't be choosers. We had to fucking specify that shit. It's monkey paw over here. And uh, then we have a door that does close that leads to our second bedroom in this house. I know. (laughs) That toilets were on your list and there's... No toilets. No toilets. But I think we can get, get them to bunch. Let's go. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, if you've ever... If you've gone shopping for houses recently, like, I'm sorry. It's yeah. It's a shit show. Also, interest rates are shit right now, and we just had to get a loan to... We just had to get a loan to do this project because our floor was ripping itself off of the ground. And we found and our shower was the leaking. The shower was leaking into the subfloor. And it was all fun. It was just a fucking disaster, and we had to address it before right it meow. got any worse. Had to address it right meow. Pretty much. 
pretty much. We caught it before it did any damage to the joists underneath and all that stuff. So we just had to replace the subfloor and that's it. And we're like... Waiting for the project to be done. I'm like, oh, thank God. So, but do you know what we can do while the project is being done? And still cook. We can still cook, unless the water's off. Well, but the water's only going to be off during the day. <laughs> There's no way they're going to leave us with no water all night. They're not that much of a monster. No. Also, most of the piping is done now. That's true. It's only like three days into this reno, and they've done... They've demoed the whole bathroom... They've uh, installed the pipes, and they, what was the second day? Well, they patched the subfloor. Patched the subfloor and started the framing for the shower. And Yes. Yeah, I mean, they've they've just been, it's been cra- it's crazy. Go, go, go. Yeah. It's... Compared to your normal contractor that you deal with where you feel like they come in and do one thing, and that on a Monday, right. you don't see them again until Thursday, and then they just kind of spit on the ground and leave. And then maybe you'll see them next Tuesday. Thankfully, that is not the experience we're having. Things are getting done, and I'm very happy about it. What is it? Golden State? Golden State. Renovation or something? Yeah, I think so. Whatever. I mean, they're local, so it's like you have, you know. Yeah. Every every construction company is kind of local. But this contractor, we really like so far. So We'll see what the finished product brings. Yeah. We, we know we're a low-priority contract for him, though, because when he comes to check on our stuff, it's he's like, yeah, you're like the sixth site I've been to today. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I can see in your eyes you're fucking exhausted. Mm. So I don't blame him, though. We're Yeah, but it's pretty cool that the owner of the company goes out to the job still, sites yeah. to see the progress and things. Because yeah. they were like, oh, because you know, the people working on the floor – Saw the damage to the subfloor, called him, and was like, hey, this is, could be an issue. So he came over to check it out himself, which I'm like, that's, that's great. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And he's given us a ton of good recommendations. Either way, either way, if you have to get <laughs> a loan right now, it sucks so bad. And I'm sorry, and we're there with you. <laughs> it's like, oh, it hurts. You know, when you got the, you're looking at the... The interest rate. Interest and the total that you're going to have to pay every month and the total overall and you're just like i'm paying you thousands of dollars for no reason other than i need to borrow this money yeah uh because like so like right now i think we got one that was like eight percent or roughly that it was eight Eight a little over eight now just say eight because we waited like two weeks and it went up like 5.5 or some shit so we'll just say eight for simplicity so what if you borrowed a hundred dollars is that what is that Oh, don't. I can't math. I failed math. No, I didn't. I passed calculus, but. It would be $8. You're paying, it's a hundred, you got to pay back $108, which. Oh, yes. Good call. (laughs) Which $108 isn't that bad, but when you're taking out thousands of dollars, it really starts to add up. It's thousands of dollars. And the interest that you end up paying is like a third of what you're loaned and yeah it just it sucks so hard it sucks when you really need the money and you just can't wait till it's lower you know yeah luckily lucky for us we bought this place when it was really when the interest rate was real real low so we got in like right on time with that one we could have been slightly better but that's just how it worked out. But it just exploded, like, right after, right when like we were buying. a couple months after. It exploded. A couple and months after the interest rates. Ex- 
exploded. And it's just, you never know. You never know. You never know. And everyone has a fucking opinion. Your dad, your grandpa, and all the dads around, you know, buy now, sell now. It's going to blow up in a, in a minute. Just it's, wait six more months and I'll be underwater. It's fucking no. Water it's, never came. No, it isn't. Like, you can't just wait around for shit to go your way. You kind of just have to, like, pull the trigger at some point. Yeah. And hope that things work out, which is not how I like to live my life. <laughs> I like structure and order, which is why I have an HMO medical plan. Um, hey, anyway. politics. You want to talk about dinner? Yeah, we're we're okay. we're super adult. We're just we're trying to relate to all you adults out there. Too bad teenagers listen to this. <laughs> oh, hi teenagers. Welcome to No, they don't. Life. Sorry about it. Uh <laughs> No, they don't. Right. Remember hey, I've... hey millennials, remember when we were going to school and everybody and their mom, like every adult was like your life is going to be terrible and we're like, "Cool. I'm so excited for life." And then they wonder why we drink. <laughs> Um, no, 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 you're forgetting the important part. Hey, remember when you woke up and everything didn't hurt? Oh, I don't remember that. That was a great time. You know, that's not true. My body actually is in pretty good shape. Oh, man. I remember when I could get out of bed and touch the floor and didn't want to cut my feet off. Mm. It was great. (laughs) It was great. But I ate terribly then. I ate so oh, much that's see that's what i remember i remember when i used to be able to eat like shit and be super skinny and drink like a gallon of moonshine and wake up and go to class at 6 a.m like i remember when i used to do shit like that yeah. i can't do that ever again like <laughs> my body my digestive tract is just garbage now maybe it's because you drink a gallon of moonshine probably it's paint thinner man yeah that's that's a lie i didn't do that i did drink like probably have a bottle of bourbon like Ugh. shitty bourbon warm straight from the bottle a little kentucky a little jim bean i some Maybe no it was like that. it was like store brand Evan williams yeah it was like that Perfect. bourbon just next to a pool because that was the bottle that was there perfect <laughs> Fun fact, in case you're dumb like me and didn't know for the longest time, moonshine is just whiskey that hasn't been put in a barrel yet. Yeah, and it's usually, like, it's, isn't it called moonshine because it's, like, it was usually made by bootleggers? Yes. Because it was faster to make it and distribute? No. You don't have to barrel age it? Moonshine, well... Or because you couldn't because you didn't have the resources to barrel age it? Moonshine, because it, it's called moonshine. It's kind of like bathtub gin. Yes, because you made it illegally at night, so you had to make it by the light of the moon. Um, you had to make it by the shinning of the moon. I mean, they also just made it back in Ireland and Scotland and... Oh, that's true. That probably came from there. So it's... Because moonshine is still just... Punch. Is just grain alcohol. Well, that they call it punch. Whiskey uh, is just punch. Okay. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jug and of punch. They, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's another word for whiskey there, and it's like, okay. All right. <laughs> um... So yeah, you moonshine is just whiskey that hasn't been put in a barrel yet. Yeah. Just like. <laughs> yeah, people used to. Okay, but like people used to. You you look at stuff like that and you're like, oh, people used to just drink a, a fuck ton. They used to carry around jugs of whiskey and just drink it. Yes, but it was like cut with a bunch of water usually. 
Like, or the ancient Greeks drank wine at parties. Yeah, and it, all the t- it was cut with water, a bunch the, of water. <laughs> the strongest, um, like, beers and wine that they had uh, were usually the equivalent of a modern day 5%, which is like drinking a Bud Light. Yeah, they were just very low alcohol content. Because a lot of times they were cut with water to stretch it to go further. And or they just didn't know about ratios yet. So they would just keep adding water until somebody thought it tasted good. Yeah, yeah. But usually it ended up being really watered down mm-hmm. because older people's, uh, ancient people's liked sweeter things. So they didn't like, yeah, they the taste of bitter wasn't they weren't very aged. popular. So yeah, wines weren't aged as long, so they already weren't quite so fermented and alcoholic right the sugars mm-hmm. hadn't broken down and they had like i'm thinking of greeks specifically because i just know well, they some would stuff age them in clay and then they would take this so they had they had like special clay big clay like it's like a punch bowl vessel and you think oh they like they served wine in this that's so much wine and it's like no they made it like that so they could mix a bunch of water into the wine yeah. and then serve it it was like from concentrate <laughs> Yeah. Wine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Anyway. <laughs> also, spirits were very uh, like whiskey. What ha- being the guy that had whiskey or out like um, spirits was a special thing, and you didn't just carry it around. It wasn't until post-industrial revolution that hard alcohol became readily available, and that oh. went through a whole nother like um phase of that it's where like a like a second puritan movement started because people were just drunk on the streets because you could get whiskey and gin and stuff for dirt cheap and people get it readily available and they made it really it's kind of crazy how looking in the past like the kind of not the far far past but like industrial revolution it's only like two hundred fifty years in a lot of in a lot of lot of countries though. Like there was just tons of public drunkenness. Yeah, drinking was just well, you because the water was shit, so you just drank. Well, there were, yeah, I mean, there's that, and like also if you're poor, you just your life isn't great. So <laughs> alcohol was cheap, <laughs> you know. So there's just like a ton of public drunkenness in the past. Yeah. But, you know, because people just love saying, like, hey, did, it used to be better. People used to be, no, like, prim and proper. And, like, no, it's, no. they, people used to be drunk. Poor people used to be drunk in the street. And rich people used to be drunk as shit in their house. Mm-hmm. Like, that's. In terms of, um, in terms of, like, quality of life, whatever time is currently right now for most people is better than it's ever been like in mass historically people historically even people living in shit conditions now yeah at least you have like put them 300 years in the past and they're still in shit conditions and they have to work twice as hard just to be in that shit yeah and there's like no access to clean water and stuff so like oh you're living so in you squalor live in a, but you still have access to if you modern live in a machines first world country you can still get like water you yeah. know even if you're super poor like homeless even you can get water yep that's not a that's thing that's not gonna contain that's not gonna give you uh, diarrhea 
I mean, that's not a thing in a lot of countries, but first world, it it is. So yes. <sighs> okay. Okay. Oh, politics! You can't get away from it. Uh, the politics of food. So we're going to talk about something entirely non-political today. I would like to know how long we've been rambling about nothing. Can we look at the thing really quick? Um. Yeah, because we don't have two screens anymore. We had 30 minutes and we haven't no, even thir- talked. 30 minutes. Uh, 30 minutes and we're just now going to even... I mean, I'm assuming you read the title, but would you like to say what the <laughs> recipe is now? Yeah, welcome. Welcome back to the food show. Home cookery and other sins. Holy shit. What? <laughs> With Nick and Ashley. What? We are making another Chef John recipe this time. From foodwishes.com? From foodwishes.com. Also known as um, All Recipes? Yeah. You can yeah you can find the print one on All Recipes. And uh, the this one is Spicy Pumpkin Pork Noodles, which is probably not something that's made like anywhere. Maybe, like, maybe you could find it in some weird remote region of somewhere, but, like, this is, this is one of... Asian-inspired. This is one of Chef John's, like, weirdo fusion things that he just was experimenting with and made. It was literally, like, he had to put out another October video, and they were like, make it pumpkin-y, and he's like, I'm tired of doing desserts. Yeah. Yeah, because everybody loves pumpkin in November. Including November, me. October. You could even sneak it into December. Well, we made this in December, I'm pretty sure, because we found the recipe in like November, October, and I was like, I really want to make this. But yeah, this is definitely like a weirdo, off the wall kind of thing. It's right up Chef John's alley. Yeah, and I really like Chef John's recipes like this, like the clam chowder pasta is our first episode. Which, it's, it's not that weird when you think about it. You're like, well, clam chowder is a soup with a cream sauce, so just make the sauce a little thicker, and then you have pasta. That yeah. makes sense. But this is... This is a little more... Uh, <laughs> you can see the inspiration behind it. Yeah, because... you can. It's just, it's like super fusion of yeah, a lot of different things. The first word on this is spicy, and depending on um, what you do with it... He's not fucking around. It's spicy. If you follow his proportions, it's spicy. Yeah. It's uh it's really, really spicy. But but it it kind of keeps you going back. It's like the good kind of really spicy, where you're like, this is gonna suck so bad tomorrow, but you keep going back and, and eating God, it. God, it sucked. Oh, it was rough. It was really it was rough. hot had, for us. We had to give up on the leftovers, I think. No, we didn't. No, we powered through. I ate them. Oh, I gave up on them then. Because it, it just makes you want to keep eating it. It's got this... It's the gochujang. That's because that is like a flavor that I'm just kind of obsessed with in stuff. But, um, but this has pumpkin puree like from a can and gochujang which is a Korean spicy chili paste that's kind of like, it's really sweet. It's spicy but sweet, kind yeah. of like a hot barbecue sauce flavor. And but, yeah, I mean, and it involves spaghetti or pasta and like ground pork. So you've got like a, so I mean it makes sense on its on the face, it right? It all it's, comes together really well. You got your sweet kind of mixing together with the pumpkin and the gochujang and pumpkin it, the squash is like kind of starchy as long as you don't get a sweetened puree which you don't don't do that like don't get pumpkin pie puree and try and use it no it's just <laughs> canned pumpkin just canned pumpkin puree like the you know not sugar but it, it's got like a starchiness almost like potato 
So you've got like this basic starch, a very sweet, spicy thing, and a savory meat. Savory, fatty meat. So it makes sense, but you have to kind of break it down. And you're like, because you're looking at this like, what? Speaking of breaking it down, did you want to give them the show structure before we get too into it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, for all you newcomers. Or long-time <laughs> listeners who just like to hear lists rambled off. Yes. Uh, in this this show, this review, we talk about okay. our first impressions of the recipe, um, why we chose it, shopping for the recipe, and how <gasps> easy or hard was it to get the ingredients, um, our experience with cooking it, is the recipe kind of easy to follow if you follow it is it going to lead you to disaster tasting um you know is it good how good is it that's the important thing and rating so we're going to rate the recipe based on our our five point rating system (laughs) which is ease of use of the recipe taste satisfaction how close to what you thought it was going to taste like how close to what you wanted it to taste like does it actually taste like um, cost effectiveness, what the fuck factor, and leftover ability. So, first impressions. First impressions. We yeah. kind of started on it already, but my first impression, so this is one of the ones that I found just kind of, I don't know if I was like, I think I was just going through old recipes, honestly. Um, because it wasn't new when, when I showed it to you. It was a couple years old. We just oh. found it recently. <laughs> well, okay. Um, but I was just clicking around and I was recommended and I kind of sat on it for a while, uh, cause I didn't think you would like it. And I kind of waited until October to show it to you cause it was pumpkin season. And yeah, you, yeah, you said it looked really good. So, uh, I think it was around the same time you found the, uh, pumpkin shrimp stew thing that. I showed you this mm-hmm. one, which didn't turn out the way that we wanted it to. But it could. We, we got to workshop that one. It's a it's a Brazilian stew that you make inside. You bake it inside a pumpkin, uh, and it's, like, made with part of the pumpkin and some cream and shrimp. And it's, like, it's got the makings of something, something good. good. But we just, we tried to be fancy with it. We, it's making it in the pumpkin and doesn't really make sense unless you have the right kind of pumpkin. And unless you need to serve like a million people and want to show off. Yeah, it's it's more for the presentation than it is for like practical reasons. You could just ease, just as easily make it in a pan. With pumpkin puree, which mm-hmm. is what we did here. Because speaking of making it with a pumpkin, Chef John starts off the video showing you like, oh, here, I'm going to make it with pumpkins. And then halfway through, he's like, don't do this. Yeah, this is, yeah. <laughs> so he was like, pumpkin puree would work just great. So we were like, great. Great. Pumpkin puree it is it was, then. You know, November, December, pumpkin puree is readily just everywhere. available. They're like basically giving it away. I saw this recipe and I was like, that's weird, but I really want to make like a thousand pumpkin things because I love pumpkin and it's fall pumpkin. <laughs> so, yeah. And also we had seen like that other, um, it's like Camarao day something like that it's a brazilian shrimp stew anyway so we had seen that stew and we'd seen a couple other things i feel like were 
We're all in that same time frame. Where they were using pumpkin in some kind of savory thing. And I was like, okay, this is an interesting trend. And I can see how how a squash would lend itself to being savory. Yeah, because before, like, especially before these last two dishes, my experience with pumpkin is exclusively in sweet dishes uh, or sweet drinks. So it was interesting to put it into something savory. Yeah, and this kind of, the gochujang bridges the gap for me because that's sweet. Yeah, it's a sweet <clears throat> fermented bean pasty, not a condiment, but. Yeah, you could use it as a. You got to cut it with other it's stuff. It's not usually used as condiments, usually used as like a. A sauce. Sauce mixed into Two other things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the first impression on it was it was weird as shit. Because of the pumpkin and all the spice. and <laughs> But also... Weirdly genius because pumpkin puree and gochujang, I would have never thought of that. But it worked. But when I saw it, I was like, that's really smart. And the best part is it was dirt-ass cheap. So if it sucked, you didn't waste a lot of money. Yeah. A lot and, of... <laughs> and it wasn't very hard to make. So you didn't waste a lot of time. Nothing like spending three hours yes. and a lot of money. And then you go, oh, this is... This sucks. Yes. Yeah. When we do weird recipes, we tend to try to make... Nick picks ones that are high risk, and I go, I don't want to waste my time and money on this because I just don't know how it's going to turn out. High risk, high reward, baby. Yeah, that's... It's true, but I tend to be very, like, risk averse, and I'm like... I mean, HMOs, right? I tend to be very risk averse in general, and I'm like, let's let's just... Just pick something that's not hard, at least, so that if we if it sucks, we didn't waste a bunch of time. So this is definitely one of those things where it's like if it if you really don't like it at the end of the day, it's like cheap well, and easy. So yeah, you feel bad for you can feel bad for wasting it, but at least it wasn't expensive. Yeah. So when you run out to grab McDonald's, you're like, well, at least it was like cheap ingredients. Um, yeah. So yeah, the first impression of it is it was a trip. Like, but it was, we were, <laughs> this could go either way, but I was really, really excited really about interested in the it. flavor combinations. Let's talk about shopping. Shopping. Let's go buy some shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we were saying pumpkin puree. Super easy to get at the time. <laughs> it's still pretty. You can still get pumpkin puree year round. It's just. Yeah, people still not, make There's pies not quite as many cans. It's not like on every like corner. Yes. Because they're like, everyone wants pumpkin puree right now. We gotta stock up. People are gonna make like 25 pies. Yeah. And also, I so aside from the shrimp pumpkin stew, where it like the point was to use pumpkin, and he was like, yeah, it's worth it. I've like never heard anyone else say that you should use a, a fresh, a pumpkin. real, like a fresh pumpkin. In a recipe that could easily use pumpkin puree like this where you're trying to make a sauce. No, in most... Most people and Chef John are like, just use pumpkin puree. It doesn't make a difference. I'm a garden set it. I've only heard one time where somebody said using the fresh pumpkin made all the difference. Because canned pumpkin is just roasted pumpkin that's then been pureed. Yeah. So it's literally the same thing. They don't do anything to it. You can look at the can. It just says ingredients pumpkin uh-huh yeah if the po- i think if the point is to like eat the inside of the pumpkin with the dish like 
I've seen this thing that I really want to make one time, but it's like, again, it's kind of high risk. So I'm kind of like, I don't know. And it's a dessert, so that, that kind of makes me out. Oh, Ashley hates desserts. I just don't care. Um, but this one that I saw, I was like, that's crazy cool and what a cool idea. And it was on a grilling show. Um, I think it was a traditional, like, Middle Eastern, maybe, or Indian, some something like that kind of dish where they, they did, like, a whole pumpkin. And they filled it with layers of rice and butter and sugar. What? What is this? Yeah, and then they took the whole pumpkin and closed it and put it in like a pit to cook for hours. Well, that's really cool. And then they took it out and they cut the pumpkin in slices so the rice just kind of fell out all over the place. And you ate, you plate like a slice of pumpkin, like a piece of cantaloupe with the rice and eat it like the flesh. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. If that's your application... Then I totally get purpose. it. Totally get it. But if you're just going to put this in a sauce, it, there's no reason. So, so what we're saying is <laughs> just, don't just go buy get a can of pumpkin puree. <laughs> just go get a can of pumpkin puree. And it'll do exactly what you need. Uh, everything's really easy to get. You can get pumpkin puree pretty much year-round. Yes, and there's, there's a fresh chili that's needed here. It's like a bird's eye or a Fresno chili. We or can't something get that like because that. that's the only thing Winco drops the ball on. Yeah. That and herbs. That and herbs. And so sometimes we can't really get that, like red chili peppers. But um, in that case, and especially when you're making a sauce, sambal olek is, or sambal olek. There you go. Sorry. Sambal olek. <laughs> my parent, my mom always used to say sambal olek, and I don't even know where she got that from because there's like not two E's. Probably there is. It's right there. No, but it's like... L-E-E-K, if there's no... Grammatically, it doesn't make sense for it to be leak. So, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. She was actually pretty close for a white person. So, anyway, Sambal Olek <laughs> works great as, like, a chili paste. In any, yeah. Most things that call for a red chili, if it's not, like... If it doesn't matter that you have the texture of the chili and you just want the flavor and the heat... It's sambal. Sambal is great. It's a red, nice red chili. The only thing that can be hard to get is uh, the the gochujang. Yeah. Because... Yeah, that's true. Gochujang. Uh, but we found it at, like, Winko, right? No. Albertsons? The, the, the gochujang that we had, that was expired, by the way. Uh, oh, yeah. It came tasted from... great. <laughs> Came from the Asian market back when we lived in oh, the other house. Oh, yeah, it's like 99 Ranch. Yeah. Yes, okay, yeah, that's true. It, it's like um, soybean paste. It, you get it in, like, these tubs. Yeah. And You can get it on Amazon. It's just you're, yeah, the likelihood you of you stumbling across it, depending on how diverse your grocery store is. Yeah, it's. I've seen it. I've seen it at a grocery store before. You gotta it's be, more common now, but... You gotta be careful that you don't get... There's like, so there's gochujang, which is like a tub of bean paste. And then there's... Oh, not to get the sauce version? Yes. And then there's like gochujang. It's called the same thing, but it's like a barbecue sauce. That's the sauce version, yeah. And they put it in the Asian section of the grocery store and like that's not the thing. No. So don't get that. Oh, apparently Albertsons is stocking it now. So yeah, it's really becoming much more common. Mm-hmm. It's so, just, so like, there's people gochu- know about it. There's gochujang paste, and then there's gochujang sauce. 
And yes. the sauce will come in like a squeeze bottle sometimes or just like a, like a salad dressing style bottle. Yeah. You got to get the paste in the tub. You need the paste for this. I don't think I've ever used the sauce for anything. I always I have. use the paste. But I have and I ruined whatever it went in. That's right. It was a mistake. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how we learn. Yeah, so don't do that. So don't do that. Make sure you specifically get the paste in the tub. Uh, it keeps for a long-ass time, so just stick it in the fridge. Yeah, you can put it in the back of your fridge and kind of forget about it. And you can use it even after it's expired. Because it's, in this case, expired just means slightly less flavorful. Yeah, it's like already fermented bean paste. So it's not going to go so bad. it's not bad. It's, it's yeah. just going to lose its uh, freshness if you can have freshness with fermented. Yeah, you can. Um, you can. It's like spices in your cabinet can go bad, but like... They'll uh, still work in a pinch. <laughs> they still taste like stuff. I don't know. Up to a certain point. But so yeah, shopping and then the rest of it, pork, it's just ground pork. Um, Which is weirdly hard to find sometimes like sometimes we'll go to the store no because remember when we went to well aldi too yeah well aldi when we used to go to aldi i have a love hate with aldi it was like sometimes they would have a ton of ground pork and sometimes they'd have none and sometimes the none would last like three weeks yeah and i'm like why is there no ground pork anywhere so the reason i gave up on aldi uh was because i mean not only Aldi, Winco, we can't get everything sometimes, but with Winco, you'll get like 90% of the stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you got to go get like two other things. With Aldi, it was like, ooh, let's see what special thing they have here. And then we'll do mm-hmm. the other 80% of the shopping at the other it's store. It's like guaranteed you're going to have to go, go to, to two, two stores, stores, which is annoying because like I don't, yeah, I guess I have the time to do that now, but... I may not have that time later. Also, do you want to go to two stores every week? Do I want? Yeah. And it's it's kind of like going to Trader Joe's where you're, <laughs> it's like you you have to assume that you're going to have to go somewhere else. So it's like. Yeah. Aldi and Trader Joe's. Well, Trader Joe's owns Aldi. Well, that makes sense. But yeah, I mean, people rave about them and it's just like, I mean, Their I stuff guess is good. That's fine, great. But. but... I'm not, I can't shop there every week because I can't get everything. I mean, yeah. So, Winco, we tend to luck out, but sometimes we do, so I'll end up having to go to Albertsons for herbs, and it's kind of annoying, but... But at least it's quick. It's like we might be able to get everything in one place. Sometimes you can get it just fine, depending on what you're cooking that week. There's no issues. But with things like Aldi's and Trader Joe's... 100% 100% of the time, you're going to a second store. Yeah, and the reason... Or even tar- Target. We tried... Oh, Target? We tried shopping at Target for a, a long time in the beginning. Target is very hit or miss when we, for vegetables and meats. They've gotten better, but they're still... Very hit or miss. It it's all depends on your location. <clears throat> and also, the reason we don't just like go to Albertsons every time is because their meat sucks. Their meat's terrible, at least where we're at. It sucked where we were. It sucks where we are. Yeah. It sucks. We used to, if you bought chicken from Albertsons, it was, you have to use it within three days. Or it goes bad. Or it yeah. goes bad. And we're like, what the fuck? And so that's not, that's only if you're buying the Albertsons um, packaged at the store stuff. Yeah. If you buy the, the like the air chill, if you buy the expensive stuff, mm-hmm. then that's not the issue. It doesn't last forever. But it no, but it'll last longer. a week. Like the chicken that we just had today. Yeah. That was but fine. That was sealed. That was sealed 
when uh, Winco oh, got it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So with the stuff that goes bad from Albertsons... Because they wrap it there. Yes. Yeah. That's the stuff that goes bad faster. Because it's not like shrink-wrapped. Yes. It's like saran-wrapped. It's, it's they got a chicken, they broke it down, they put it on a tray, they saran-wrapped <clears> it, <throat> and put it out there for you. Yeah. So there's that. And I mean, also, that's just the quality of meat it's sucks. It's not that good. The selection sucks. If you want, the thing that drive, drove me crazy about shopping at the grocery store for meat was that you couldn't get, like, couldn't a get, good piece of steak. Well, you, you couldn't, couldn't get, even get chicken thigh every week. Couldn't get chicken thigh consistently. You couldn't get a good piece of steak. You couldn't get a good piece of pork. No. Like, I just, like, I'm just looking for a thick pork chop and or a bone-in pork chop or something. No, no, no. There's no, the bone-in pork chops are, like, a fourth of an inch thick yeah which is fine 80 percent fat it's fine for some applications but it's not fine for like they've gotten better the pork chops we used in the pasta this week came some of them came from those were fine but they weren't ideal for like like they were they fine were, for what we were using they were, we were literally just searing them and putting them in pasta sauce yeah which is a great idea and everyone should do that Holy crap, it's so good. Holy crap. Um, but, anyway, so shopping, yeah, everything was yeah. really easy to get. I just wanted to complain because sometimes we can't get ground pork and it's annoying. Yeah, that was weird that we went to Aldi more than once and couldn't get ground pork. And sometimes they randomly don't have it at, at uh, Winco, too. Not usually. Or not Aldi. Uh, Winco, well, Winco, we've I've gone like two weeks in a row. We had to go to Albertsons to get ground pork. I'm like, it's just ground pork. It's just ground pork, guys. You got a shitload of pork laying around. Grind it. Please. But <laughs> let's um, let's start transitioning um, oh, to cooking. But before we do that, I'd like to pause the show. That's why I keep pointing at the screen like that. Well, um, welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> no more gay and no more shrimp. No, no, no. We won't get into that. No more politics. No, uh, sorry. I had to pee. I needed water. I'm a big whiny crybaby. I can't sit still for very long. So let's... We we're going to... Th- okay, I'm going to wrap up shopping. Shopping. Spaghetti works spaghetti. fine. He recommends... Buc- Chef Bucatini. John recommends Bucatini, which is like spaghetti with a hole in it. Can't get that at Winco. Yeah, we couldn't get it, but you can... If you could and get it... Long like, noodle work fine. If you could get Bucatini, that would be better, but like, it's fine What if spaghetti. I only had fettuccine? <laughs> Uh, how, no, you have spaghetti. But what if I only had fettuccine? You don't. But what if I did? Your your local store is out of spaghetti. And what if I'm out of spaghetti? Then go get spaghetti. But what if I just want to use fettuccine? I... Could I use lasagna noodles that I cut into strips? No, you should use spaghetti. What about, okay, I'm done. No, now. usually what for... about angel hair? No, angel hair is a stupid pasta what that's never good spaghetti? for any reason. Those are never good. I don't like them ever. What about... That's all I know for uh, long pastas, so continue. Uh, yeah, so normally, normally, if I was making, like, a uh, Italian red sauce with, like, ground sausage, which is just flavory pork, ground pork, right? But uh, normally, if I was doing something like that, I would say don't use spaghetti. You can, but you're going to have more luck getting your pieces of sausage on the fork with the pasta at the same time. Getting the textures in your mouth at the same time. If you use a smaller, like a penne or something similar size to the sausage. 
like a or a kitty, something like that, bow tie even, you know. So usually, in an application like this, I would say don't use a long pasta. In this case, I feel like you really want to break up the pork very small so it's not like big crumbly pieces of sausage it's like little little like pork it's crumbly like ground beef yeah but like you know you can break up ground beef more or less like you want this like really broken up yeah and like you're doing um hamburger helper where you just brown it and mash it into a little itty bitty crumbles I mean, I wouldn't do that with hamburger helper, but... No, that's what I always did. That's yeah. why it was the best. That's why it was overcooked beef. Question, what about linguine? No. What about tagliatelle? No, literally... Can I do pappardelle? If you, you, the best pasta you could do with this, I think, is bucatini. Because the long pasta works really well with the very finely ground pork and the sauce. Uh, and, you know, it's just very sticky and, like, whippy and kind of gives you that, like, Asian feel even though it's it's kind of like chow mein what about bigoli or lo mein um i'm just listing pastas now i'm sorry but bucatini like actually captures like just chef john points out it captures some of the sauce inside the little hole in the pasta which is really nice like it's a good idea Mwah. but spaghetti gives you all of those things except for the little pocket inside so it's like all of it's like the 90% there. It's like 90% of what you want from the pasta and you can get spaghetti. If you can't get spaghetti, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you know the classic line. Move. There you go. <laughs> get spaghetti. Can uh, you tell me about cooking this dish? Oh, I'm sorry. Were you not done talking about different types of long pastas? I would not use a flat pasta for this because oh, it's very like a hot. Dye? It's very hot, spicy. What if I want to use like a tubi pasta? That's a bucatini. No, like a penne. I just said don't use short pasta. What if I want to use like a wagon wheel? Short pasta. Use long pasta. It's going <laughs> to give, give you the Asian low main feel that you're looking for with these flavors. But it's not going to... A flat noodle is going to like stick to your lips and like burn the fuck out of you. So like I, I mean, wouldn't recommend it. Spaghetti already does that. It, yeah, but... But it'd be worse. It's like a big flat surface smacking you in the face when you eat it. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> can I can I point out, I don't know if, if, all, if everybody heard this, um, but when I asked about wagon wheels, if you heard Ashley's eyes rolling until they hit the back of her head, you are correct. I think she just saw her own brain. She rolled her eyes at me so hard. It was adorable. Uh, I love you. Yeah. Aren't I annoying? Yeah. Oh. This I think this really does matter what kind of pasta you use, and I would really encourage you to use spaghetti or bucatini. Oh, my cat is mounting my other cat, and it's cute and sad. He can't do anything. They're both neutered males, so it's pretty pathetic. He's got a toy in his mouth. He's just he's. Just really, really wishes his balls were still inside of his body. Well, he's got the full hump going, too. Oh, my goodness. And his brother, it's so funny because his brother just lays there like, he doesn't really care until he starts biting him in the neck and then he gets mad. And he's oh, like, look, now he's mad. He's like, oh, it's getting worse. Like, all right, knock it off. This is just annoying now. It's. <laughs> it's pretty sad. It's 
very comical. <laughs> I don't know how we raised two gay ancestral cats, but we did. Uh, they're literally litter mates. I don't know. I don't... Not sure. Uh, they also have a sister that's not related to them, and they never try this shit with her, because she'd probably kick their ass. She's very... <laughs> She's very opinionated. She's very sassy. Um... Okay, come on. God, this is still going on. Stop it. Yeah, okay, we're done. Okay. It's too much. Let's talk about cooking now that we're done talking about gay cat fucking. <laughs> you can't do anything. I just want to talk about cooking. All right. All right. Cooking. How is this cooked? Well, no. Um, <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, what? It's Okay, let's see. You said that it starts like a stir fry. Okay. Okay. Mm. So what Okay, it was... so you're taking all your basically you're taking all your aromatics. Yep. Like a stir fry and stirring them up in oil and your aromatics and your meat and just mixing them up with oil. Cook and the then... pork, cook the garlic, cook the whatever else. And then you add uh like the elements of a tomato sauce like a um you add a paste pasty thing which is the goat the gochujang and the pumpkin puree are like a paste are those in with the meat or are those mixed directly with the pasta no or does the pasta get mixed into the meat sauce the pasta gets in mixed into the meat sauce perfect okay i forgot so you're making like the base of a, of a it's like an italian red sauce you're making the base of a sauce with like tomato paste and garlic and things and like toasting those things together making this paste and then then you grab all of the paste that you've made and incorporate it with the pasta, pasta using pasta water so it's oh. it's almost like you're making an Italian red sauce, but you start out like a, with like stir fry ingredients. Oh. So it's just a really interesting fusion. Um, so what I realized as we broke this down some more is you put gochujang and a red pepper or sambal olek in our case, and. Um, Taking the sambal out of there is probably, or reducing it drastically, is going to be the best way to cut back on the spice. Yeah. So, you know, according to your spice levels, because you can't take the gochujang out. Yeah, and the gochujang is not super super spicy. Super spicy, but mixed. It's that plus the sambal. Plus it's like, it has that like Asian sauce effect where you, like where... It's not just spicy, but it's oily, so it sticks to all of your internals. Yeah. And it hurts, you know? <laughs> Ooh, can I be gross for a second? I think I told you about this. Um, the the capsaicin receptors in your mouth, which are the things that detect spice, run through your entire intestinal tract as like an evolutionary uh, benefit. That doesn't really make sense. It it's, makes sense that they're in your your mouth to make you like not eat that. Mm-hmm. But if you've already eaten it, like you're done. What's it's a reminder not to do it again, I guess. <laughs> but that's why. So that's why when you eat really spicy things, you can like feel it because your body can your body can receive spicy uh, signals all the way through and all the way to your butthole. The same receptors in your mouth 
are also in your butthole. That's how you get spicy boobs. That's just like vengeful <laughs> bullshit. Apparently, that was evolutionarily beneficial. Otherwise, we wouldn't have developed it. That seems dumb. I don't know. I feel like all of human digestive problems are like our bodies being like, seriously, don't fucking eat that. Yeah. Because we just eat it anyway. <laughs> like, that's bitter. It's poisonous. Yeah, but it makes me drunk. Or that's <laughs> really spicy. Don't eat that. Well, it tastes delicious, though. Fuck you. And then, yeah, our bodies like, developed ways to be like, seriously, don't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's punishment for pleasure. <clears throat> so I think I, if I remember correctly when I think about it, I think I also over... Every time we sub... Sambaolic for a chili pepper. I always overdo it thinking that's not going to be enough. It's spicy. It's very spicy. Sambal is great because you I need always like, forget. You just you need, need nothing. Like, it depends on how much you're making. You usually know, like, with a teaspoon will yeah. do you pretty well. Yeah, usually a teaspoon. And usually I do a tablespoon. It depends what you're doing. This. This one we maybe could we probably could have pulled back a tiny bit, but we could have pulled back a lot. <clears throat> but it was really tasty. It was really tasty, but I would have pulled back because then it would have been more pleasurable. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is—it's a crazy, weird thing. It's like a stir fry with dry aromatics and oil, and then it turns. Then you add the pumpkin puree and the gochujang, and it turns into like a curry paste. It literally smells like a curry paste. Like an Asian, like a Thai you curry. This a lot better than I do. And then you add the pasta water and the pasta to make a sauce, which is like making an Italian, like, like either tomato sauce or like some an oil sauce. sauce. If you don't, uh, if you don't finish your pasta in the sauce in the pan before you serve, you're making every Italian grandma cry, and you're also uh, yes. missing out on so much flavor. Upsetting all the ancestors. Yeah, it's, uh, you really want to do it. If you don't do it, you should do it. Watch, there's a Good Eats episode with Alton Brown. And, I mean, watch all the Good, e- Good Eats if you want to yeah. just learn a lot of stuff about cooking in general. But, and the science behind why you should do these things. Um, but there's one that was on the his Reloaded series, I believe, where he talked about pasta. And he talked about how to cook dry pasta. And explained, like... Don't cook, uh, like if you have spaghetti, cook. put the spaghetti in the water cold in a shallow pan, like a 12-inch pan, and boil it with salt. Um, because you don't need that much water to boil pasta, A, and because if you have a lower water to pasta ratio, the starch content that builds up in the water as it leaves the pasta when it's cooking is going to be a lot more so it builds up all this starch in the water and starch you know is a binder right so you take the pasta water out and you take you know the pasta out instead of just straining the water like you would normally do you take the pasta out with like tongs and put it straight into your sauce and kind of just move it around and integrate it like that and you can um use like you know, half a cup, quarter cup, whatever you need of the pasta water to put in that mixture to help it bind. And what it does at the end of the day is it makes it so that instead of having a sauce, which is separate, it's like separated by a water membrane from your actual noodle. 
And that's why you get a plate of spaghetti that has like all the sauce on the bottom of the plate and not on the noodles. And it's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> right? So if you want to avoid that, mixing the pasta water and the pasta and the pasta sauce together binds binds it so that you have a piece of spaghetti with like all that sauce stuck to it. I still it's still counterintuitive to me to put water into your sauce to make it thicker. I understand yes. that the starch is in there but like it's at weird. its base you're just like what? no. It's weird and But you, I I know it works. You can overdo it for sure. Like yeah. you can make a liquidy sauce but it's the starch is a binder and it's going to bind your sauce and make it thick. So like if you're like the best examples of that are oil sauces like cacio e pepe uh which is just like oil and pepper and cheese and cheese and like that's it that's the sauce um the only reason it's a sauce is because the pasta water binds with like the oil and the pasta and makes like this glossy sauce so um yeah (laughs) if you ever wondered how italians make that happen like that's how you make it happen like every every time you've seen a plate of pasta with just the sauce ladled directly on top, that's making every Italian scream. Um, because that's, yes, if your local Italian restaurant does that, don't, don't go, don't there go back there. Leave. Don't come back. Try this technique. It's watch that episode of Good Eats. Try it. It works. Like it's game changing. And so that technique we just talked about. That's what you do in this. So this, yeah. But with pumpkin. So you do this with like, you take basically like, what is that Asian curry and make it into a red pasta sauce, which is crazy. But it totally makes sense. Um, it does. It works. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and then the cooking, I just noted like, like I said, this is kind of specific. Like the process we were just mentioning, the steps are a little bit specific. So you're going to be fine if you follow his directions, but you need to read them carefully. Like don't just assume, oh, I'm going to boil the pasta and then strain it. Don't do that. Don't autopilot that, you know, because you're going to miss out on the step where you're binding the sauce to the pasta. Yeah. It's, I mean, that being said, once you've done it, it's one of those things that's going to flow pretty easily if you make it again. Yeah, definitely. It's just the first time you make it. It's such a weird fusion thing. You've probably never made an Asian sauce with an Italian pasta method. So, like, just pay attention to what the directions say. Yeah. Um, I don't think there was really anything else. I mean, other than, yeah, you just got to follow the steps. Uh, otherwise, I don't think there's anything special about the cooking. No, it's... It's pretty straightforward if you follow them. Yeah. And, I mean, watch the video, too. That helps. It really does help. It, Chef John's usually really good about being uh, close to his video versus his written are almost one for one every time. Yeah. If not one for one. And it's just, he's really good at explaining what he's doing in his it's, videos. <laughs> it's like he's been doing the, do you know how long he's been doing this on YouTube? 10 years? Like 16 years. Yeah, long time. Yeah, I mean, he's good. This is a crazy recipe. <laughs> but it's, you can follow it. It's not 
like it's there's not that many ingredients and it's not that hard to do it's just weird um would you like to talk about tasting we mentioned that this is like really spicy are you sure i don't know if we mentioned it was <laughs> spicy it's really spicy so if you want it's it's really good though <laughs> Like, it needs to be spicy. That's the problem. It needs to be spicy. I wouldn't tone it down that much because I thought it was so delicious. But it was, like, really hot. <laughs> it was so hot. For us. Um, you know, really hot and everything is is um, sticky and oily. So it's, you know, sticking to all your taste buds and your throat and, like, it. Yeah. There's like no relief. No, no, no. There's absolutely nowhere in built into this dish is there any relief from the spice. It's well, just... okay. The salty pork helps. Yeah, okay. You get salty, savory bites barely with it, and it's like depends okay. on how much sambal you put in the pork. Mm. Depends on how like it's just yes, I get what you're saying, but like I did not eat the pork going. Oh, relief. It's not like when, it's not like when you're eating like Nashville hot chicken and then you're like piece of white bread cuz that's why they give that to you Ugh, because it acts as relief from the spice. I don't even eat that cuz it just hurts. Oh, it just hurts. Um but it, okay, so this this one interestingly, it was like a little too much. It hurts, but you just keep eating it. It was a little too much on the first time when we first made it. Mhm. But you, okay, so usually in our experience, like curries and soups and things will tend to get spicier in the fridge, like overnight. Mm-hmm. This did not. This calmed down. Did it? For me, this calmed down. Oh man, it was just spicy through and through for me. It was still spicy. Apparently, I'm a little spice bitch. It was still spicy, but it was like tolerable and really good after like a night in the fridge. Okay. And successively, like night, because I ate this for like three days or something i think i ate it for two days oh my gosh it was so good it's it's such a i ate it for dinner (laughs) and then i ate it for two more days and then i gave up on it because it was hurting it hurts me every time and i got a little baby butthole because um i cannot handle that much spice for very long because I just, I regret it every time. Oh, Knox is going at it with his love club now. Oh, no. God damn it. We got oh, these cats. got horny cats. And they don't have balls. I don't even know how they're horny. Like, they, they don't know. They don't have any testosterone left. I don't oh, I don't know. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a toy glove that he, like, just, he mounts it and tries to hump it. There's nothing that's going to happen. But... And then his brother comes and mounts him, and it's a whole thing. It's a whole horny thing. It's really annoying. Cats are so horny. And they're loud. Yeah. Um, But that has nothing to do with this dish. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) gochujang is perfect with pumpkin puree. Wait, does this have hoisin in it? It does. Does it really? Yes. That's... It does. It's like the salty barbecue pork flavor. That's the that's the taste that really gets onto the pork. Yeah, it's like it's it's a it's a really balanced dish. If you've never had hoisin, it's often called the Chinese barbecue sauce. 
and yeah. it's close. It's very. I've tried eating barbecue. it like barbecue sauce. It doesn't work very well. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it works with things that already have hoisin on them. But it's you can't just like grab chicken nuggets and dip it into hoisin, in my opinion. Ooh, I probably could. You probably could. <laughs> I can't. It's salty. Yeah, that's why I don't like it that much. So, so you get this. So the hoisin pork is like it's a little sweet because it's pork, and you caramelize it a little bit in the pan. But then you, it's like super salty from the hoisin. So you get like a savory, salty bomb in there, and then you have the sweetness from the gochujang and pumpkin. And the spiciness from the whole thing combined, but it's like, it really comes together. It's, uh, it's, it's balanced in that it has like all the flavors that you want, but it's unbalanced in that it's spicy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it has these flavors, but the one theme all the way through without a doubt cannot emphasize this enough saying way too many words to get this point across stalling for time for no reason spicy but really craveable and i just wanted to keep eating it and i think it's because of gochujang because i'm just like obsessed with that flavor well we also don't cook with it that often so when you get it apparently you love it when i get it it's like it's like that flavor combination that i get with like the chicken and waffles that when you have like a chipotle involved or like rosemary and the like the rosemary chicken with honey it's like and onions it's got like this real sweet savory thing that's like just right to make you just want to eat it (laughs) um big flavor that you want to keep eating so, uh, yeah, I, it was really good. We, I was surprised, but not surprised at how good it is. I was surprised at how spicy it was. I enjoyed the flavor through and through. Surprisingly though, I will say there's pumpkin in the title and it's mostly texture. There's no, it's yeah, not like, it's not there's like... see the, it's because when you say pumpkin, we always think pumpkin, pumpkin pie, pie, pumpkin spice. Right. There's no. And that's not what pumpkin tastes like. Pumpkin, pumpkin doesn't taste like a lot. It tastes like squash. It's just like a little bit sweet. It just is a receiver of whatever you put on it, and then it gives texture. The uh-huh. the pumpkin like would you say it was almost like a like a creamy texture that it added to this? When you mix it with the gochujang yeah. and the pasta water, it makes a creamy texture. Yeah. Um, so that's it, really what it's doing. It kind of just, just adds a little bit of sweet, A little more sweet. And but, it like mellows out the gochujang. But I just wanted that point to be made because I, not realizing this until after we made it, was like, where the fuck's the cinnamon flavor? It in does this? not have cinnamon no. or baking spices. And it would be terrible if it did. That this would dish would be terrible if it did. Yeah, it doesn't need it. No, but no. I'm just I wanted to point that out because we're in tasting and I was thinking about it and like it's not a PSL. No, <laughs> but that's what I was ex- I was expecting like hints of it throughout, or like uh, it's, it's Mexican food. Some Mexican foods that have like cinnamon or Asian foods that have cinnamon. And you're like, oh, that really worked. I was waiting for that. This doesn't need it. 
But I was expecting it because you said yeah, pumpkin. This is going a different direction with that. No, it's using the pumpkin for texture mostly and slight sweet. I it you don't taste pumpkin, but you taste pumpkin. It's, it's weird. It's like a mashup of gochujang and pumpkin, and it's really perfect. It's like just a perfect thing that I wouldn't have thought ever thought to do, but it's yeah, so but it perfect. It's so perfect. The, the flavors complement really well, and the textures are. You know, kind of, it just makes like a paste together. Mm-hmm. So. I, I would agree. I would agree. Um, I don't know if any Korean person's ever done that. I would. Probably. I, guarantee that. I have. wouldn't be that surprised. Squash is part of. Yeah. Because it makes sense. They grow them. Yeah. I, you know, I bet there's, I bet there's some dish out there. That's I bet it's just not very popular in like the U.S. This. Somewhere regionally, you know. Because this doesn't, it seems like it makes too much sense to not be a thing. Yeah. But it seems like Chef John just like conjured this out of thin air. No, he even said that it was inspired by other dishes. I just don't remember what he referenced. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, he, oh, he said it was inspired by, he was trying to make something else and it like morphed into that morphed into this because he like he was trying to make something different and messed it up and liked it <laughs> i can't remember what it was that he was trying to make that was that was different but it was like he added something or something instead of something something um the way he talks about it, it was like accidental that he made this and i'm like okay Definitely wouldn't surprise me if people make this. Or something like it. Yeah. Um, Anything else you'd like to say on um, tasting? I have have one more thing to say. I just wanted to give you the opportunity. It tastes really good. Okay. Uh, Spicy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's rate it. Let's rate it! Ease of use. This recipe is really easy to use. You just have to follow If you follow directions and don't, like, question it. Yeah. Because it's it's not something you probably have made. It's you know, it's just different and it's weird. But like, do it and you'll be happy. Yeah. Um, so I mean, and it's Chef John. He writes really clear recipes. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a four just because you're gonna be like, what the hell? I'm gonna give it a five because I'm a basic bitch and I'll do whatever the recipe says, like ninety percent, ninety nine percent of the time. Um, and I trust Chef John to write a cohesive recipe. Yeah. He does things that don't make sense, like don't matter. Like his signature thing is a little shake of cayenne. Goes into 99% oh, of the yeah. dishes he makes. Just, it doesn't matter. That's just a signature thing. It's like, yeah. unless you're making Cajun food or Mexican food or something. Something where it's going to work. Just don't bother. But yeah, otherwise <laughs> Chef John's not going to be like dicking around with his stuff. My feeling yeah. about cayenne is, like, unless you're going to put in enough to taste it, like, don't, don't put bother. it in. Because that's how I feel about most ingredients. Most ingredients. Like, like keep it simple. Don't put in stuff that it doesn't, that you're not, if you're not going to taste it, if you don't want to taste it, don't put it in. Yeah. It seems really basic and simple when you think about it like that, but it, so, it's, sometimes people just want to throw in the kitchen sink when they make things, and you're like, D- don't do that. Why? Don't do that. Put less in less more. things and taste all the things. Um, on that note, our former landlord, I don't know what to joke name him. 
Savid. Savid. Okay. Uh, I told him we were making a recipe with, and it had cayenne in it. And I think it was a Chef John recipe uh, back when we used to uh, play D&D with him and make him food. Mm-hmm. Um, so many moons ago. Um, and he was like, ah, oh, don't put cayenne. I was like, no. He's like, no. People, I've in his experience, when people put cayenne in things that don't need it, like Mexican foods, like Cajun foods, he, that he said that they rely on it as a crutch to be like, I made something shitty, but let's put cayenne in it and it'll taste better. And then that's all you end up tasting Ooh, sometimes. I wonder his ex-wife. Vegetarian. Probably. Uh, um, and when you cook vegetables, they're boring. So put cayenne on it. Yeah. Possibly. He didn't say that, but I mean, maybe. Or his own mom. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> either way. Chef John, I'm giving him a five on ease. He's entry-level YouTube chef. That's also why he doesn't have as many followers. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's been on that fucking site for 16 years. He only has 3 million subscribers. I really like his recipes. I like the way he explains things. And they do tend to be... Really accessible. A little simple. Accessible, yes, but you have to, like... He's a good introductory to find out if you like a dish. Yeah. Yeah, if you think, like, oh, I want, I really want to make... Uh, I don't know if he does a chicken adobo, but I bet he does. Oh, I know he does. Yeah, like, if you're like, I really want to make chicken adobo, but I don't know if I like it yet. Like, So Chef John will make it with what you got. Yeah. And then others, then if you go, I like that, then you can go buy the fancy stuff. If you go, I like the basic idea of this, then you can be like, okay, I'm going to look at a more authentic recipe or more expensive recipe. Yeah, Chef John is not authentic. Chef John is available. Yeah. And that's that's definitely what we like about him. It's not an insult, though. No, I don't. I don't like spending money on shit that I don't need to, and I, you know, I hate to buy like a twelve dollar ingredient and then find out I hate it, or like a twelve dollar spice mix, and yeah. it's like you have all those spices, you can just make it yourself. And Chef John will do a good job of being like, yeah, here's what's in it. He'll put it in his recipe. That's yeah. why he's great. That's why he's a five. You'd be surprised what's what you already have. And what you, like, don't need to if buy. If you cooked for three years or more or less, you probably have yeah. 90% of the spices you need to make spice blends. Yeah, and the other thing, it's just really worth it to make your own spice blends because then you can balance the flavors the way you want. And if you buy, I understand, like, taco seasoning and fajita seasoning are cheap and they come in packets. They're full of sodium. A lot of extra salt. And it's just like you can because make your own and it's better. The and extra salt is how they salt. sub the fact that they didn't put in a lot of the other seasonings. Yeah. So those are fine. But like if you want to make really good fajita seasoning, just make your own. You get what you pay for. Yeah. Um, but yes. So for this one though, this recipe. Four. Five. Taste satisfaction. <laughs> Fart. Um, that's not my rating. Fart is not on the scale. <laughs> it's not. Of one to five. No. Um, one to five farts. 
I'm mixed on this one because of the spice. And that's, you know, some of that's user error. Like, the aggressive spiciness, I think, is my fault. Um, I think there's a, there's a, it's very easy to make this pleasantly spicy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll give this, a, I'll give this a four. That's where I was getting to. Give also. this a four. Because it, it is, like, overwhelmingly spicy for me. It's but. not It's not what I thought it was going to taste like, but it tasted better than what I thought it was going to be. I give it Again, a f- I was expecting, like, baking spices in there. I give it a four because I expected the gochujang and the pumpkin to, like, be a perfect thing. And they were. I didn't. And I loved what it was, not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So, fours across the board on that. Uh, what would it, anything it could have Cost done to be a five effect. for oh, a taste? Um, well, we could have pulled, we could, we'll make it again because I really liked it. We can just pull back on the spice and it might be a little bit more palatable for us personally. You think more different flavors would come out when it's not just overwhelmingly spicy? Like no, in a good I, way? I think the flavors would still be really good if we don't pull back too much. Because it's got to be spicy. Like part of it is that it's spicy. Yeah. And I, that's not like lost on me. Even okay. though it's even though it's kind of too spicy for my little weak palate, it's not lost on me that it needs to be spicy. Yeah. So. Okay. Cost effectiveness. And it's cheap. It's cheap. Gochujang is a little. Ma- I mean, if you go to an Asian market, it's like five dollars maybe, but. It's it's five to nine dollars depending on where you can get it from, but it, it is forever. It's one of those things that lasts for years, years. And you use it so sparingly. Yeah, I use like a tablespoon we, at a time. We literally ran out the freshness of it before we used all of it. Mm-hmm. I think. No, Maybe that was our second one. But either way, in the, what, like eight years we've been cooking, we've had to buy two tubs. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's an expensive upfront one, but if you're going to cook Asian food... It's gonna come up. Oh, it tastes so good on stuff. It, it, like, yeah, it, it goes. It's really worth you can it. mix it into things really easily. Also, really, if you a good get the flavor. yeah. So uh, I'm still gonna say four, just because uh, mm-hmm. if you have to buy gochujang, and you have to buy hoisin. Mm, oh um, yeah, that's fair. That's those two ingredients right there are anywhere from mm-hmm. eight to fifteen dollars for. Two ingredients. Yeah. And you okay. know, sometimes no, that's yeah. sometimes that's the cost of an entire meal. That's you're right. This is probably a four. Because everything but, else is pretty like pumpkin oh, yeah. puree, super cheap. That's like and a buck fifty depending on where you go. Spaghetti. Spaghetti you probably already have. Um pork's pretty cheap. Por- ground pork is inexpensive. So garlic and green onions or whatever are cheap. So So yeah. If you yeah, already for, have for those make, flavors, though, the, some of the Asian spices or sauces are. If you have to buy sambal, yeah. Uh, if you already oh, have, you should buy sambal. If oh you don't. yeah, you should. If you don't just, have it, just buy it. Just buy it. Mix it into your eggs. It's delicious. Yes. Um, if you like <laughs> spicy eggs, I mean, um, just mix like a tiny bit in there. It is just it's so good. It's a little pep. So good. Like if you like sriracha. It's like this is like an unrefined sriracha. It's chunky sriracha. It's like better sriracha. I will agree with you on that. I like sriracha, but not as much as some people. Uh, and the flavor gets really repetitive. Sambal is like uh, 
it changes. It's just better. Um, so I will agree with you on the four because if you have to buy all of those uh, specific ingredients. But if you already had them, then it's definitely a five. Yes, but not everyone has them. No. So four. So four. Four, yep. Because, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. What the fuck? This is very... Oh, that's five. This oh, it's is, a five. This is a what the fuck. <laughs> because if you tell somebody that you're making spicy pumpkin pork pasta... Yeah, they're like, what the... the, the what what the are you talking about? What are you about? talking about, you insane person? Uh, yeah. And then, like, seeing the recipe does not make it more clear. No, not at all. It... It's clear what you're doing, but it's not clear why. And you're not like, gonna you're not gonna figure out the texture and the taste just by like some things you can watch the video and da 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 da. And... Weird fusion. It's such a fusion. Like I kept talking about the technique for it is like it's, it's like Italian so and Asian <laughs> and Italian. So uh, yeah, and the taste is really delicious and really unique. Yeah, it's not. I don't, I've never had anything that was like it, so, but that's also, I've never been to, like, a lot of places, so. So, maybe there's something, but at least in our corner of the world, there's nothing else like it. Yeah, there's, nope. Uh, (laughs) That's five. It's really strange. And again, also, it's just, say the name and people are going to go, uh, excuse me? Yes. Tell me more? Does it leftover? Yes, it gets less spicy in the fridge. Uh, and it heats up fine. Heats up just fine. Microwave it, no issues at all. Yeah. Some, like sometimes you have to like pan cook some sauces or they'll break or they don't taste No, no. This one, microwave. Good. This one is fine. Like It makes a lot because you're going to end up, I think it makes the recipe calls for the full box of pasta or just shy of a pound of pasta. And we definitely made the whole thing because we were like, oh, we'll have leftovers. You know, we're usually trying to make... And we didn't realize how much it would left over. Well, the spice really <laughs> stretched the leftovers. Yeah. Because it made you go, Because you can only right. eat so much. Yeah, exactly. Before you're like, I'm going to die. But... <laughs> but the guy... You have to know that I don't, know, I don't like things like that usually. Yeah. So this is unique in that I wanted to eat it. Even though it was like hurting me. So like to to put it put it into perspective, um, let's let's go with something that most people probably have access to, buffalo wings. So like we like we love buffalo wings, love buffalo wings. but we will never get anything spicier than original buffalo wing hot. Uh, I mean, usually no, but I do like some stuff that's hot sometimes but it's like i only want like one or two yes wings that are that hot so so gun to your head if you had to pick you're gonna go with buffalo original hot as your limit because you don't want to overdo it if i said you have to eat a plate of 10 wings right now oh yeah i wouldn't exactly so that's that's the kind of like we like to dabble in spice and sometimes the buffalo ones are too hot sometimes like yard house at least the yard house by us their buffalo wings are like well that just might have been the chef that day maybe but we ordered them once and we were like these are so spicy holy shit (laughs) they were like burn your mouth like lips hot when you were eating them that's what this dish is yes but this is better. It's delicious. <laughs> so this is better. Those I don't really want to eat again. <laughs> but 
you get what I'm saying though. Like that, if you want to get have an understanding of our level of <laughs> spice consumption, that's about our average level right there. We'll dabble outside of it, making it spicier, but most of the time we're very comfortable right there. Yeah, I'm, I don't like things that. I, I hate things that are spicy for the sake of being spicy. Because like, it's not fun. Like uh, hot Cheetos. They don't taste like anything. They just taste like hot. and it's. I will disagree. It's gross. I don't get it. I like the taste of hot Cheetos. They have a taste. But it, they are very spicy. It just tastes like... For me. Like a fake hot taste. It's weird. I like it. Not, um, not a big fan of that kind of thing. Or like... Like, you know, hot sauce is like, oh, ghost pepper hot sauce. It's like, you can't even taste that. It's just burning you. And it just hurts. Like, what's the point? Hobbit. Okay, so where I'm kind of like, habanero, habanero tastes so good. The flavor of habanero. But that's not what people use it for. Uh, the flavor of habanero is delicious, but it's like, it. it's so easily too hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not what people do with it. People just go habanero, throw those in to make it hot. Yeah, but the like the flavor, it's so fruity. It's such a fruity pepper, and like if you treat it right, it's good. And I'm just, I wish there was more, like applications of it where it's not so hot. Yeah, because I like the flavor, but I don't like the pain. <laughs> like this, I like the flavor. I don't like the pain, mm. but I want to eat it again and balance that pain. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's pretty good. It's a good recipe. It's crazy, and it's... It'll throw people off. You're going to be like, what in the fuck is this, but... In the best way possible. It tastes really good. Is there... Um... Is there anything else you'd like to add on it as we're kind of floundering towards the end here? Oh, we usually we flounder. Went. We usually flounder around like flounder when he was caught in the hole in the ship and the shark was going to eat his butt. This is a Little Mermaid reference, by the way, in case you didn't figure that one out. Yeah, welcome 90s kids. Yay! Uh, um, but, I don't know. That's I, me right now. I'm like pushing my fat butt out of the, out of the ship window. Stop it. Like, <laughs> trying not to get eaten by a shark. Um, in, in that vein, we're going to call it a night. We're going to call it an episode. Yeah. We're going to call it an evening. Call it here. Thanks everybody for listening. And, And, uh, we'll talk to you next time about more foods and probably some other stuff you don't want to hear about, (laughs) but mostly foods. Wonderful. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye.